Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Oh, I got the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say. Um, as you guys know, I love singing. I mean, I guess maybe you guys know that. I did theater in high school. You guys know that. Um, but the holidays are all just, it's just a time for singing. And I want you guys to be joyful and happy, even though this terrible year has gone on. Anyway, (laughs) I'm rambling. Um, Welcome to another episode of Passion Project. We are so happy to have you guys. Thank you for investing in this show, guys. We only have two more episodes left of the year. Um, This one and next week, you guys, I cannot believe it. 2020 has flown by and also... um, gone on like a snail so uh thank you guys for tuning in each week if you haven't already go follow us on social media passion project dot pod facebook twitter instagram you can find um my personal gram below as well this week on passion project episode 33 we have such a wonderful guest such a kind human being i've known him for a very very long time you guys will hear his name is john michael barry or john barry as people call him um i just like to use his middle name sometimes but john barry is just a wonderful human being he is currently a ministry uh excuse me a missionary associate with chi alpha christian fellowship at the university of virginia so hear all about his upbringing and what kind of influenced him to do what he's doing now and how he's appreciated this um, season of life. So without further ado, here's episode 33 of Passion Project. Uh, John Barry, I, I, you know, I was talking about you the other day with someone and I was like, I just can't not say his full name. Like... <laughs> I just can't, and I feel, I know other people have said that about you, but yeah. I can't just be like, my friend John, like, that's so boring. <laughs> Dude, it's it's funny because, like, when I was, the, when I was little, I would, like, always tell people, like, I would get so offended because they would always call me Johnny, and I didn't want to be mm. called Johnny, and so yeah. I tell them, my name is not Johnny, it's John Michael Barry. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was yeah. really, like, emphatic about that. And then I probably as like a five-year-old prayed that I would one day like be called by my full name. And I think in middle school, people started calling me John Barry. And like, I feel like it's stuck. And I'm like, that was probably God being like, this is funny. <laughs> this is funny. Five-year-old John asked for this. I'm going to give it to him like 10 years later. Well, you saying John, I'm like, Johnny, no one called you Johnny. Oh, that's like, yeah, that was, I don't know. That, ever... that was pre our friendship. Our friendship. So anyway, well, welcome to Passion Project. Thank you for taking the time. Um, before before yeah. recording, I was like, I knew John. I knew John would be available because <laughs> I. Um, for listeners that that don't know, John and I have known each other. Probably, I mean, he's definitely my oldest friend. He's probably I've known him the longest out of anyone on the show. Some people I've ne- I just met doing the show, so I definitely know him longer than those people. Um, but I think we were like seven or eight, I think, when we met. So we were yeah. we were kids. Yeah, I mean, probably, we can. I think, I think yeah, we were we were literal kids when we met. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, and it's been, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Um, people say, you know, you have those friendships where you come back and it feels like exactly the same. And it's, that's exactly what it is. Every time we get back, you know, we don't, sometimes we'll go years without seeing each other. And, but we'll see, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pick right back into it. I don't know. I hope you feel the same. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the show uh yeah that, that would have been funny if that was like all in my head and you were like no actually uh <laughs> well <let me> <laughs> um, on your show you know <laughs> yeah if it's like only revealed now like over 10-year friendship and you're like um <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if um I probably could have asked this to my siblings too, but I'm going to ask you because you're a, a mm. non-biased party. Hopefully, I wonder if inevitably, like me doing this show, is like you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. I I was literally thinking about that as I was I was actually listening to one one of your podcasts this weekend, and I was like thinking like as you were like answering questions, I'm like, this makes so much sense. <laughs> it was just like okay, of course he's like sitting down and just like what is the one thing that you can do where you can just talk to people and like produce it and talking to people becomes a hobby and it's like podcasting right. and yeah like asking people questions and getting their their passionate mm. response yeah yeah i know it's just like yeah to, like it's almost like building the like going to get coffee with someone like that's what this yeah. is but it's just we're also recording and it's going to be out in the world forever <laughs> oh, yeah i know we don't have to spend too much time on that <laughs> well um yeah I, I mean like we said before we were recording there's a lot of stories that we can tell maybe we'll tell some of them maybe we won't um we'll see mm -hmm. but you've definitely seen me i mean there have i mean my siblings obviously have seen me in my worst but you have definitely seen me in my worst and my best and you've <laughs> stayed so thank you for that that's that's very nice <laughs> i'm appreciative too you've definitely seen my worst size <laughs> That's true. That's your, true. Mom, your mom has also seen my worst side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, both of our parents have. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, well, I first want to, I've been asking guests, of course, and I haven't decided if I'm going to do this in the new year or not. We'll see. But, um, you know, with COVID, I mean, COVID is just, I mean, now that a network, as of recording this, we're, I mean, a vaccine has been created. It's been approved. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I think hopefully things will look a little different in the next couple months, but we'll see. Yeah. But what is, I mean, obviously we'll get into what you do, but like, what has your experience been like? How have you been processing during this time? What has that been like? Um, I think it's been very much like a mixed bag as far as I think in so many ways, this has forced all of us to slow down. Right. And I, and I think that in so many ways I was running in very high gear, um, even going into like last March when everything happened. Um, and I, I think it's, I think there've been multiple times when I've been able to kind of slip back into that world and, and kind of go in high gear again. But I think a lot of times it's been kind of a force slowing down. And I think there's been mm. honestly something very good about that. I think that, mm. I think that in our society, we just hurry a lot. And yeah. kind of in the hurry, I think we can really lose sight of, I think we can lose sight of what's important. And then I think we can also lose just sight of healthy introspection time. 
Um, mm. And so I think I think there've honest, honestly been a couple moments, like a couple of times when I've had to like go into quarantine or something <laughs> like that because of a COVID contact. And it's like in those moments, you're just I'm just so frustrated. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think that they've been actually moments when I've I've needed to slow down and and kind of honestly like reconnect with God is a big thing and and just mm. allow myself to kind of sit in time. And also, I feel like in a season like this, there are so many heavy emotions that it's been really helpful to have those moments of kind of stepping back and being able to actually spend time processing those things. Mm. Because I think, I think sometimes I'm, I'm not the most self-aware person. Um, (laughs) I think I'm a pretty socially aware person, but not a self-aware person. And Mm. kind of in that, I think I've I've just realized that there, those times of introspection are really helpful for me. Um, Sometimes I don't let myself feel an emotion until I've like slowed down enough to really feel it. Um, well, sometimes you just don't, I mean, I've learned this in marriage, but sometimes <laughs> you just don't even know what you're feeling and what yeah. you're, I mean, that's, I even heard the other day of this couple, they've been together for like 28 years or something. And they were like, we're just learning that. I mean, to a certain extent, like to name, to really name the emotion, figure out what the emotion mm-hmm. you're feeling. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's definitely been a general trend among people is like forced introspection. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I think, and Western culture and American culture is very much like go, go, go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do and work, work hard. Maybe. Yeah. Not look at yourself as much. And that is something too, as you get, as I've gotten older, as we've gotten older, I can, I hopefully can speak for you and that is that, that we, yeah, you do look, you tend to try and be more self-aware. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, I think it's interesting because I feel like our culture is, it's not necessarily about productivity. It's just about busyness. Yeah. Like, I feel like you see that in like a college context. And then I think it also kind of carries over into working life. Is well, like except people- on social media, right? <laughs> it's yeah. all about, it's kind of like being the best, like showing your best, yeah. Instead of like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it's like a surface, mm-hmm. a surface level. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what you were saying. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was just saying, like, I think I think it's interesting because we're so we're so busyness minded that it's mm-hmm. we. I think that it's not necessarily about productivity. It's like you almost define it by, oh man, I worked sixty hours this week. Not like right. Even not even what did I actually get done. But we're like, oh, oh, if I was if I was just spending all of my time doing something, mm-hmm. then that that in some way like creates value. And I think I find myself falling into that trap. It's not actually about like what am I doing that's that's good right now. It's more about how much of whatever I'm doing am I doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's definitely hard to like realize that too. And some un- unfortunately, it does take a global pandemic. <laughs> to say like oh yeah what am i doing (laughs) and like what am i feeling and all those things um yeah it's so interesting what have you been like doing with self-care like how uh, you did say like obviously um connecting with god and doing those things too but what are what are just some things that you found um as far as self-care during this time um, I think a couple, I think a couple things, I think when the pandemic first started, I think a huge one was I, I had been considering counseling for a long time and finally did telehealth counseling and mm. was just blessed immensely yeah. by that. 
Um, I think having somebody that understands the mind but can kind of process through those things was, I think, a really, a really good thing. Um, so I was doing that for a, a good portion of this year. Um, and yes, then, we're huge advocates of counseling on this show. Let's go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked about that. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think I think a few other things. I I love good coffee. Like mm. I and I so I think like I've one thing that I've done is just always had a supply of good craft specialty coffee. Mm. Um, I started like a coffee subscription like a month and a half ago. And oh, I that's so it. cool. <laughs> um, and and we, were both, think- we both were baristas too. So we like True. understand <laughs> how like, I mean, I don't listen. I think I've said this on the show, but I don't really like coffee. Like I don't <laughs> like it like by itself. I do need to add some things to it. But I also yeah. loved being a barista. Like it was so much fun. So I don't know. You take that with you, what you will, listeners. But <laughs> I do feel like I've heard. I remember when I was working as a barista, somebody told me that baristas are the new bartenders. The, mm-hmm. They're the people that you go to when you like want to talk about all your issues, but yeah, want to actually pay somebody to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I I listen. I have a psychology degree. Everyone knows this listening, but I sometimes I would be like, maybe I'll just go be a bartender because that's like kind of counseling, right? <laughs> And I, I mean, listen, I've had, I had bartender friends and they make good money. So maybe as a fallback (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I'll just start a counseling agency. That's like just a, like a bar. (laughs) Have a a drink and sit down. (laughs) Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, like that's taking it. I feel like to like such a level, like a coffee subscription. Yeah. I've, I've, I've loved it. It's been, it, it's like every two weeks, they, um, this is where my nerd comes out, but I'm like, I'm like that guy who's like sitting there, like drinking my cup of coffee, talking about what nodes come out. And so, yeah, they like craft it specifically to your palate. Like you say, like what types you like, like, like restart. Wow. From what, like, like what region. It's like, like wine with some people. I know. I know. <laughs> so what's this place called so people can go look it up it's called trade coffee okay um, so i think it's just trade.com but um it's great yeah it's it's not it's not super cheap but it's for like what it is it's really good mm. Mm. Pretty that's affordable. so cool that's so cool i didn't know you yeah. did that my wife would listen my wife would go crazy about that so <laughs> for those of you that need a, new, a christmas gift still <laughs> True. They do. They're doing specials. I've gotten emails about it. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, didn't you love like signing up for something and then you get a million emails all the time? That's a rabbit hole that I'm sure we can go down for hours. True. Um, well, yeah, like, I mean, we've, we talked about on this show, like we've been saying about this time has been crazy for everyone you also have a unique experience you work with college students so um and we'll talk of course about what you do but like has that in it in and of itself been a challenge of kind of working with that demographic and and um yeah during this time i mean i'm sure it has but like what what kind of things have you learned or anything like that during this kind of nine months of dumpster fire. (laughs) Dumpster fire. I, yeah. 
dumpster fire is an accurate term. <laughs> I think I, it's like funny because I, I love working with college students, but it definitely has its challenges in the normal season. Mm. But I think probably a lot of what I found is that a lot of those challenges are just kind of ex exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, and so I, I think that like a few unique challenges have really been, um, so a lot of, a lot of like the work that I do is, um, is like doing Christian discipleship. Um, and so it's a lot of like meeting one-on-one -on -one with people and right. kind of within that, I think you're kind of like that person that people are going to for, for that discipleship relation, for that mentorship and just to kind of walk with them. And, and so I think that with that there are a lot of it's just a challenging season for people and so i think walking through a lot of the heaviness of that i think a few things that i've really noticed have been particularly difficult probably in college is that you have some people that are and i think this is actually probably a microcosm of kind of just the country at large but is how you have so many you have a very divided demographic mm. uh, and everything in between of like some people that this pandemic is absolutely like petrifying to them right and so they like they're craving the social interactions things like that but they really do not want to pursue it um and then the other side of it that of, of people who are just like really could care less on some fronts about yeah. kind of the situation we're in especially because they they i think they have this kind of invincibility mindset of like mm -hmm. oh, i'm young and it won't it won't matter if i get it um mm. and i think the difficulty is like kind of navigating those people who um and then you have everything in between and so i think a lot of right. it is that there's so many of those people that are living together right now um and especially since uva is so much of the people so many people live off campus i think it makes it especially hard because it's like you have a house where like one person is like decided not to stay online and decided to actually come back but mm -hmm. is really scared and then another person who like couldn't care less kind of living under the same roof mm -hmm. trying to figure out what it looks yeah. like um, to live together and so i think that just in walking with people that's been one of the most difficult things that, that i've seen um and then it's just like you have so many people clustered together that it's like pretty inevitable for you to have like outbreaks and things like that yeah. but I wonder if it's hard. There's a sense too of like college is like your time to be independent. Mm -hmm. And yeah. now this pandemic has squashed that a little bit of like you yeah. kind of, you can't make, like you kind of have to automatically like, like my wife and I have done it. Like we have to take ourselves out of the equation. Like we're thinking about even just like with wearing masks and, and mm -hmm. you know trying not to be around people like we're really even like during the holidays like we're really thinking about like our family or like like we don't want to be around a bunch of people yeah, because exactly. we're going home so like we're really having to think about other people and sometimes and i say this in the nicest way possible <laughs> is that college students they really tend to think about themselves yeah. <laughs> and uh i can say that because i was a college student <laughs> and so I wonder if there's, because especially as a freshman, you're like, yeah, this is my time and I'm going to go like learn about the world and all these things. So I'm sure yeah. there is that level of it too. I don't know if you've seen that. And I, yeah. And I think that part of it is just because it's so finite, like for mm -hmm. you or I, we're kind of in this boat where it's like, if this goes on for a year, that's it. It feels like, okay, maybe we've like lost a year of normal mm -hmm. life and that's right. And like, it's really tough. 
but for them it's like if i only have four of these years and one of them is now shot right like like it almost feels like you're like robbed of something mm. and so i think that i think that some some students cope really well with that and i think some don't and then i think some are like screw it like if i'm going to be robbed of this then i'm not going to abide by any of the rules or things like that right generally i think people have been very good at uva about following the rules i think it's mm. just that you have people everywhere along that spectrum you know yeah absolutely absolutely that's such an interesting thing that i wouldn't have thought about it. and I, it's so true especially for yeah. those schools that um that are in person um because there are i know a lot of schools i don't know if uva did this but um you know like went until thanksgiving and then sent all the kids home for like they didn't stay until mm-hmm. until the end of the whole thing um so i'm sure that yeah some and some colleges give the you know the first month they send all kids home um <laughs> which is also another yeah. crazy thing so everyone's kind of been yeah. i'm sure like you said processing it differently and kind of learning to 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 do with that um well you mentioned a little bit of what you do but we'll talk about it later um yeah we'll we'll get to that um but thank you for sharing all of that i mean um it's i mean everyone's been going through something during this this year yeah. um and i think it's it's important to hear i i mean for me at least and i hope listeners feel that it's important to hear how everyone's kind of been going through this time and processing but also i loved getting the the self care because like what you're doing and what other people are doing can like you can take something from someone else and someone can take something from you and it may be helpful for them so well, we're going to pivot away from that. We're going to talk all about John Barry now. Um, John Michael Barry, like we said at the beginning. John Michael Barry. Um, you were born... Okay, listen. This may be a very stupid question since I've known you for so long, but you were born in Richmond, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So literally, like, born and raised in Virginia, like, your whole life. Like, you never really... You didn't... I mean, you moved within the city, maybe, but... Yeah. Yeah. And you have yeah. three brothers, but one of them is like super old now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them wasn't there, and he's a half brother, so he wasn't, or a stepbrother, or I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, but he wasn't there really when you were born, right? So um, my oldest brother is like like you said is my half brother. Yeah. Um, so he. I, he's 15 years older than me. Yeah. So a f- fun little fact, he is, so my brother is 15 years older than me. And then my niece from him is 15 years younger than me. So there's an equal gap between my niece wow. and me and my, me and my brother. Um, so he, he, like he graduated a year early from high school. And so he was, yeah, he was like in college and so he would come back for like a week or two at a time mm. from the time I was two on. Um, so it's it's kind of sufficient to say that like you didn't really know him like a lot, a lot. Like even even if he would come home from college, you – I mean, I know, I know now, of course, that you've gotten to know him and you guys are close. <laughs> but even growing up, I'm sure – I wonder if that was like, oh, he is my, my half-brother, but it's more of like a – like maybe a cousin or something like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I know definitely your other two brothers, you definitely yeah. <laughs> like you're, you know, closer in age and, and definitely got to know a little, at least growing up a little bit more. Wouldn't I, I would say so at least. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's interesting because I think when I was, I feel like I like recognize a pivot point. I think it's also interesting because I remember the first time like hearing that my oldest brother was my half brother mm -hmm. and I like did not understand the concept. It was so weird Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, like, yeah. He's like, it was like, oh, he's, he's my brother. Like, and I didn't like quite get what exactly that meant. And so I think in a lot of ways, like, um, especially cause up, he kind I of think, looks like you guys too. Like, Oh my gosh. Like yeah. he looks way more like more like me than my other two brothers do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I think, so I think it was interesting. I think I like knew him as a brother, but like just as a, a much older brother, mm. but I feel like there was like a pivot point um, probably when I started hitting like teenage years or like early teenage years when I think I started to get to know him a lot more. Um, and I think it was probably because like before your teenage years, you're not totally, you're, you're, you're kind of like not a total human yet you know right right well even teenage <laughs> um, years are not really but so, <laughs> exactly but you're like at least more relatable you know like yeah 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 and so I think at least you try to I be more relatable <laughs> also taylor you you know this but I, for all of the listeners i was a very annoying child um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well listen um, Annoying, some respects annoying, but some respects like just passionate. I mean, really, right? <laughs> I mean, passion is one word for it. Um, others would use different words. <laughs> well, something I, I just thought of, I don't even know why, but I've always related, and I've said this on the show before, I've always related something with youngest siblings. Like I've always been like attached to them. And that, I don't know yeah. why for some reason I didn't realize, obviously you're a youngest sibling, but I don't know yeah. why I was like, oh yeah, that, and um, yeah, and we we just, yeah, I think for some reason, even growing up now, I'll meet someone. I'll be like, wait, are you the youngest in your family? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like an automatic, like we understand each other. Do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I think there's just something so interesting about like the order you fall in a, mm -hmm. in a family, how mm -hmm. much it does determine because it, it determines in some ways how much you knew your parents and yep. how much you know, like you, like I don't. For instance, I had no idea how to be around babies until my oldest brother started having babies, mm, and then it was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, this is what a baby is, and this is how I interact with it." But like a lot of older siblings, if they're old enough, like would know that. But that's just not something we ever had to worry about, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's just like, at least I didn't feel like any responsibility <laughs> to like be, you know, act a certain way or like do a certain thing. Like I just. I just like learned what I just saw what my siblings did and yeah. for better or for worse, I just learned from it. Um, and some of that is um, conscious, like I'm consciously seeing like, Oh, what are they doing? And some of it's just like, Oh, now I look back on it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I was watching what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> um, so of course having all boys in the house that's like a fun dynamic in of it so i mean lots of like listen i know lots of like for lack of a better word like rough housing <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, you're i mean like, all of you knowing all your brothers like all of you are pretty different like all of you are mm -hmm. very different people so t like dynamics i'm sure was fun growing up it's like it's funny because i think you like imagine a house of 
like all brothers and you imagine this like super sports like masculine mm-hmm. family and in so many ways we are not that we're like the opposite of that we're a bunch <laughs> yeah. of like artsy fartsy like creative type boys and mm-hmm. like and so I think it's funny because I think that we were like we did like rough house when we were younger and then I think we kind of transitioned out of that a little bit Granted, I was always more for the psychological warfare when it came to sibling <laughs> fights. I would be the one who would like manipulate the situation so that uh, my my older brother Paul would. Which is like a younger sibling thing too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> that it is true. Like now, knowing all of you as adults, like y'all are very. Um, like you said, like artsy, not really like sporty, which is great. I think it's, you know, you guys are very, <laughs> but you're also very like yourselves. You don't really apologize yeah. for who you are, um, which is also something I hope I do. But um, is it something, is that, do you, do you feel that way as far as like each of you as, you know, individuals, like not apolo- like apologizing for who you are? And is that something like your parents like Todd or was it just something you you were just like this is who I am and I don't really care what you know people think of what I like or whatever I think it was something that my parents did a pretty good job of instilling mm-hmm. in us I think it was something that they encouraged and and I mean I think part of it was because my parents were so like for them it was so important to teach us about Jesus and and then mm-hmm. I think with that being so central like some of the other things it was like it doesn't really matter like a whole lot um because if like this is the most important thing then that's that's the thing they wanted us to kind of carry but for so many of the other things it's like you know that's just it doesn't matter like a whole lot right um this way or that way yeah and i think i think honestly i think this is i'm i'm you probably mentioned this on the show that you (laughs) yes Um, yes but (laughs) So big confession, I was also homeschooled. Um, <laughs> and so I think And I we're social beings. That might have had, yeah. And I we're know, so we're I social. But I, went, I went to public high school. That's why I'm social. That's yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Social. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but I think that honestly it might have it might have been like not having some of those kind of social norm or social constructs or like norms in placed in me early on might have been part of that too. Well, our parents too, I feel even like we met at church, but then we also, because we were both homeschooled, we both Mm -hmm. like decided to like our families and another family and maybe a couple other families decided to, you know, team up together and we did classes and stuff like, like, you know, they're all of that. Of course, you know, all of that, but, um, which again, like it just feel, obviously it was a long time ago, but it just feels like so long ago. And we did all of that. Um, yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> because of that, it's, I, I still feel like our, both of our parents really did a good job at like making sure we were social and like meeting other people and not yeah. that other, other homeschooler families don't. I mean, everyone's so individual, but I feel like that's such a stereotype of homeschoolers, of course. It's like, oh, well, who do you meet? Yeah. Like, who do you know? And I feel like we did, our our parents, even from a young age, I mean, we met at eight that, like, we didn't really, like, we knew people. Like, we had friends that we yeah. were able to hang out with. And that's something that I definitely 
look back on then I'm like wow that was that was really cool I'm sure I wonder if you feel yeah. the same yeah I I definitely feel the same way I think it's I think it's funny when sometimes I like people will meet me and then they'll find out like like multiple years later that I was homeschooled and be like, mm-hmm. wait you're homeschooled but you're normal and then I normally make the joke that I went to public high school and that's why but like right. at the same time like I look I look back and I'm like no like our parents did it I think a really good job of being making sure that we were engaged in stuff and like so mm-hmm. we would be whether it was like doing sports didn't last long as we just thought <laughs> um, <laughs> or like what lasted longer it was like doing like theater stuff and like middle mm-hmm. school and things like that and yeah i feel like they were very intentional about saying no we want we want you guys to still be around other people this isn't yeah. about isolation yeah absolutely do you think your mom I, obviously i think she did but do you think she loved she loved having boys <laughs> i think my mom did i like I think they would have loved having a girl, but at the same time, I think that they were, I think my mom loved it. Um, There's a part of me that would love to see your dad have a girl, like how I would have loved it. Cause I feel like, I wonder how, I don't think he would have been different, like they different, but I just wonder how he would have approached. Do you think about that ever? I haven't like thought about that a ton, honestly. It's also funny because my oldest sister-in-law, like she met my oldest brother, when they were 15, when they were 15 right so when i was four months old um and so she's been in my life as long as my oldest brother has so in some right. ways it almost feels like i have a sister like even mm. like which is which is funny but i definitely have thought about that i think it's funny now that there's like i have nieces and nephews and just seeing it is funny seeing like my parents in in that kind of role you know mm. um like with my with my nieces, I guess specifically. Yeah. If you're thinking about having all boys. Yeah. It's always like thinking about that time too. Like we just, gosh, I feel like we just like saw each other all the time. <laughs> like saw each other all the time, and like we were always like at each other's house. Like we're like, well, what are we doing this weekend? Well, one of us is going to one person's house. Like it was just that thing. Like almost the the. I mean, we grew up in a time where, like, technology was there and, like, like phones. Like, I mean, I didn't get a phone until I was older. But, yeah. but, like, it also was still new and, like, we didn't have it automatically. Like, I even remember, like, your parents getting, like, a big TV and, like, that was a huge deal. Yeah. And, and we were like, well, now we're going to John's house so we're going to watch a movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> and... It was, yeah, and, like, you know, we stayed at each other's house, and we, do you remember even just, like, staying up all night? Like, doesn't that just seem exhausting now? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel like I could do that when I was, like, like between the ages of, like, 12 and 22, but, like, for some reason now it's, like, staying so up I don't know. one am. <laughs> it's same. Well, sometimes it's, like, 11 for me, but I also, like, yeah. am old. No. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the listeners, I am actually (laughs) ten days older than John, um, (laughs) which I give him crap for every year. Yeah, to my chagrin, (laughs) deep chagrin. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I don't know if you remember, but the I think the last time we stayed up all night was the literally the day before. I think I went to call, like I went to school. And you and me and our friend Michael 
we all like like we were all staying together and we all we stayed up like the like i think it was like 4 a.m and we were like we might as well stay up all night <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and so that was that would have been when we were like what like like eight like 17 eight. or 18 yeah dang that's wild and um <laughs> That's the last time, at least I. I don't think I stayed up all night in college, because okay. I needed sleep. <laughs> I'm sure you did. But um, you know, John was in like a Christian frat, basically. So, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> no, it's just it's just funny knowing all of your friends. It's like you, the house you lived in was like it was just it was just like yeah. We were a little rogue. We were a little rogue, but I it think was fun. that was more. I think that was more just the the amalgamation of all our personalities mm-hmm. than it was the organization that we were yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just funny how um, as you get older, you're like, I just need sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, we'll speak to a little bit too of like being homeschooled. And then going to public school. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I mean, for some people, it can be like such a dramatic turn. I know for you, it was very much, if I'm not mistaken, like your parents kind of talked about it with you and you were like, do you want to do this? Do you not? Like, it's really your yeah. decision. Because um, I think if I'm not mistaken, like both of your brothers did that, right? Yeah. So yeah. my oldest brother went all the way through public schooling. Um, mm-hmm. And I think middle school is just not great. <laughs> um, and then my mom, my mom is a teacher. And so I think for her, it was like, it was like, you know what, maybe I'd consider this for my kids, um, like, like schooling them. Um, mm. And so then with me and my other two of my two other brothers, like we all homeschooled. Um, and then I think it was kind of a toss up for them with high school. Cause I think they honestly were just like, yeah, we're out for middle school. We're just out for that. <laughs> Um, which I was thankful for, honestly. And, well, it's such like, a brutal time. I mean, there's so much oh, going on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like these like little humans who haven't learned to care about people yet, but they've learned how to like insult people. And that's, <laughs> that's like it's, it's like oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, imagine that now with like tablets and oh, and phones. Dude, I know. Oh man, these, I I hope. Another rabbit trail we could go on for hours. True. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I think for when, but then when my the when my the second oldest brother was about to go into high school age, um, they had like specialty centers, and there was something that he was very interested in in one of the specialty centers. So he went to public school for that reason, and then my next brother went, um, and I think it was kind of like I think my mom was kind of of the mindset of like, she could educate us well up until high school. Mm, um, mm. And then after that point, like it probably started to get more out of her expertise because she was predominantly primary education. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think that that was part of it. And so I think they encouraged it, but I think they always left the o- option open if we wanted to homeschool. And I think I thought about it for a little while, but um I like when I went into public school, I honestly loved it. I, I yeah. thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, I know. And 
I can't even remember too if we were like, "Ooh, John's going to public school." <laughs> we probably were. Um, <laughs> we were like, "Who is he going to turn into?" Um, <laughs> I probably thought the same thing. <laughs> well, I'm sure, and it, I mean, even as a freshman, I'm sure looking back, you're like, "What? What was I even thinking?" Like that was it was probably a lot to cope with, and I. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, too, like you're the school that you went to, it wasn't like a huge school. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. um, but very diverse. I mean, from what I yeah. know, too. So, like, you got kind of to experience a lot of different um, people around you, which I thought, which is really cool. I'm sure you liked yeah. that. Yeah, I like, I, I honestly look back on my high school experience and, like, wish I understood more of what, like what it meant that I was like entering a diverse community because mm. I think that was like I like growing up it wasn't super diverse but like like walking into that community I think it was people from a very broad spectrum of ethnic backgrounds and also a broad spectrum of like socioeconomic backgrounds mm. mm-hmm. um, and it's like funny because I think that's something I learned to appreciate a lot more what like how much that kind of diversity adds to a person's life and just understanding right. of humanity but I learned that in college yeah, and I was in yep. a much less diverse community, and I think mm-hmm. in retrospect, I was like, "Dang, that like probably shaped me in high school," mm-hmm. but I don't think I appreciated it, and I don't think I was also. I think I was just too ignorant to, to, to honestly like engage with that in a in a meaningful way. Yeah, well, and I think to a certain expect, uh, aspect, um, to a certain extent, like for white people, this year has been a a time to say, well. Do, what does my circle look like? What is my, yeah. what is my, like, am I really, like I'm saying I want to have a diverse, you know, friend group, but do I? And like, if I don't learn from that, like, what do I, you know, if, if I don't um, learn from all the, the things that have happened and engage yeah. with other people that are different from me, then how do I, you know, not just stay in my own bubble? Yeah. Um, which, obviously college to a certain extent definitely gets you outside of that and then and then the world (laughs) but but um you can make choices to um be intentional about that which i'm um um, is is difficult but they're needed like you just learn so much more by having people around you that are different that think different than you that grew up different than you i mean it's just Mm -hmm. so much more richer i would say yeah, and I, I think that that's what I've realized is just realizing that like if you relegate yourself to only people that are like you in so many ways, I think I think you lose a broader perspective on humanity in general, and mm. and I think that you, I think you just yeah, I think you limit your yourself, um, and I think honestly like thinking about it like from a Christian perspective too, I I just feel like when you relegate yourself to only a like even a community of faith that mm. is predominantly like you so for like for us like predominantly white i think you it, it can be very limiting to our our perspective on even like the image of god and right um yeah i think that's been something that i've been like think, pondering on even in the past like several months too is also even like what is white culture and like mm. because i think that oftentimes the, the problem that we make in america specifically is that we like think about white culture 
as the normal culture. Yes, like, yes, yes. Rather than saying like, no, this is just one piece of like a broad tapestry of humanity. And, like, yeah, or that American culture is just white culture, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and so I think it's been like kind of like fun for me to like look at myself and be like, okay, what what in me is like white culture? Like, like so much of like the coffee mm. that I love or the fact that I would like <laughs> listen to folk music and wear flannels and you know, like yeah. stuff like that is like, like being able to call that for what it is and say, oh, this is white American culture and mm. like, and be like, okay with that, you know, and say like, oh, this is only like a part of the greater culture, but it, it takes you being in environments that aren't that to realize it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, I'm sure you're looking back, you're like super thankful for that, that experience of going to a, a high school and not that you can't have that if you are homeschooled, I think, um, public school just kind of sometimes allows and and there are very um, there are high schools in America that are very the same um, yeah. like high schools that are, have the same but your area specifically or the high school that you went to was very diverse so I'm sure looking back on it you're 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 like wow that was that was I didn't think about this going in but or, or while I was in it but yeah. now I'm like wow that was that was pretty cool it, it was, it's like, I think sometimes at the same time, I like cringe when I like think about the way that I like interacted in that environment and just right. like, geez, like, like I think places of just ignorance and places of not, not appreciating it for what it was in like, in that time, you mm-hmm. know? And I just, but it's all a learning experience. I mean, it's ultimately yeah. all a learning experience regardless. I mean, yeah, you, you learn from the good and the bad. <laughs> And yeah. sometimes more from the bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, that's real. <laughs> but what do you, I, I, knowing you, it's, it's for such a long time, it's funny, like, you definitely have grown up and matured a lot. Like, you know, you, like we were saying, like, you, you, you kind of realized how, um, <laughs> Maybe um, debating with every person isn't the best thing. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but you've pretty much, I mean, maybe it's just my memory of knowing you now, but like you've pretty much kind of consistently stayed very much the same person, which is really cool. And I've, of course, when you know someone for such a long time, it's like they're kind of, they're the same, but they're just a little, you know, they're more adult. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least you hope that's the case. Um but I, I as far as I know, like there really wasn't anything you know, with you growing up that was like that you were like, This is what I want to do with my life or this is like you were very much interested in a lot of things, but was there ever like a through line of something that you did really want to pursue as a career or anything like that? I don't I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I think there's like, like you said, I think I've always had interests mm-hmm. and I've wondered if some of those interests would land in a certain place. And I think I've always known things that I definitely wouldn't want to do mm. and things and aspects of a job that I would want. And like, but I don't like, I think there was moments when I had like maybe a specific career in mind, but it, I don't think it ever lasted super long Mm-hmm. I think I think the things that I always knew that I wanted in a career, though, was I always wanted it to be interpersonal. Like, I, I knew that I could not just be, like, doing something behind a desk for six hours without right. talking to anybody. Like, I knew yeah. I wanted it to be interpersonal. Um, and I think that I – I think that 
like a couple of the things that kind of rose to the top in that I think I always loved like the idea of teaching. Mm. Um, and so I feel like in, in some ways what I'm doing now where I'm like a lot of my job is like mentorship. I think that that's what it kind of feels like. It feels like a much more interpersonal teaching where I'm like, and especially like where I'm still getting to walk people through things, but like in it and like even teach in some context, but it's not, I don't have to deal with a lot of the other aspects that probably go into a class. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that even speaks to a little bit what we were talking about of like, if our parents had, sheltered us and you know if that's even the right word i mean we used that a lot growing up as homeschoolers <laughs> but um it, you know had kept us from socialization maybe a little bit you know if they if we hadn't have done a lot of groups or activities or even with you of course speaking to up until high school you were homeschooled and then high school you went to public school um yeah. which is such a unique experience so even all of that like you know having the interpersonal aspect it doesn't really surprise me knowing you yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's true. and we're both very like those type of people and that those are the kind of the fields that we're interested in well i do want to kind of discuss too like the things you studied in school are so specific yeah. and yeah. interesting and <laughs> fun <laughs> um so like what kind of chose you or what what kind of chose you oh my goodness i can't even speak words it chose what? me <laughs> hashtag it chose me oh, um, <laughs> well what kind of led you to the the um yeah the decision to do to kind of study what you studied so this is i guess this is story time um so ready I, <laughs> I, so I studied East European and Russian studies and foreign affairs. Um, so those are technically separate, separate degrees, like, but definitely like a lot of overlap in them. Mm. Um, and we should say at University of Virginia. So <laughs> yeah, at University of Virginia. Um, so I, it's like funny because th this is a, an aside, but or maybe not on the side. This is very related, but it's also just kind of funny. I like <laughs> joke with people that like, if I do something with my degree, then I've done something wrong um, <laughs> with my rush, my East European and Russian studies degree, just because right. I think at this point in life, I like, I don't really foresee following <laughs> that degree. Um, and <laughs> so it's like, it's like really, it's a strange thing to have like, like my foreign affairs degree. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I could, I could still see myself like going abroad right. and using it in some context, but yeah, I don't, quite see myself going to Russia. Mm. Um, and, but I think, I think it's interesting because like there is a very distinct moment when I think I started that trajectory of like heading towards that degree. When mm. I was probably around like 12 years old, I wrote, read this book called Angel in the Square. Um, and it was a book about like, uh, I think it was a lady in waiting under the czar's family in right mm. before the 1917 revolution in Russia. Right. Um, mm -mm. And so, like Czar Nicholas and and his family, um, and so I'm sure like she had some stories. Would, yeah, well, it it wasn't. It's not a. It's um. I mean, it's like a. It's a fiction. It's a fiction. It's a yeah. historical mm -hmm. fiction. Um, yeah. But it, like, it talked about. So it's from and it's from the perspective of somebody who lived in a royal household but mm. was not royal. Um, and so it it was like, who had like an intimate relationship with the family. Um, 
so it was it was really interesting because it just like went through all these aspects of the Russian Revolution in like a really interesting way, but in a way that like a twelve year old could understand. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was at that point I just fell in love with Russian history, mm. um, which I'm still like absolutely fascinated by, and like especially that period of 1917 on kind of Russian revolution and into the Soviet era and then into the modern era. Well, let me ask you, what do you, what, pausing for a second, what do you yeah. love about Russian history? Why is it so interesting to you? Um, I mean, it's, I think it's an interesting, I think it's like a very, I think there's a couple of things. I think as I started into it, I think revolutions have always just mm. like fascinated me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that was part of it. And it's like one of the more intriguing ones. Um, I think it was also not like as focused on as others, other like Western European um, revolutions growing up. But I think that something as I started to get deeper into it, something that I thought was so interesting was this, there's this cycle in Russian history of like every other leader is significantly more liberal. And then the other leader is significantly more conservative. And so it like pretty mm. much for its history is almost as far as you can follow it back as being Russia like has flip-flopped between these two. And so there's like these crazy moments of like, you have this liberal um, like uh, leader who is starting all of these like reforms. And then like half the time they get ousted in some way, like assassinated or taken out of power. And then are, and then whoever comes in to replace them is really conservative. And then they get ousted because they're mm. like, like backtracking on all these reforms. Like one of the most interesting examples is right around the time when all of these like um you got me on one of my rabbit trails <laughs> no yeah. i love it <laughs> um right around the time russian when the rabbit trails Rub- russian <laughs> rabbit trails Risky rabbit trail. um, <laughs> but right around the time when you had all like all of these um all of these re- like major reforms happening in europe and all these constitutional democracies and things like that starting to pop up Mm. There was a czar, I think it was Tsar Alexander II, who he was the one who abolished serfdom, which was like essentially like a form of slavery that ended mm. in the like mid to late 1800s. And so he was like, and that was a huge move for Russia. That was a huge right. move of progress for Russia. But then he was literally assassinated with a copy of a constitution in his pocket. Um, wow. And so it was like literally this this man, like he was reforming, but some people didn't feel like he was reforming fast enough. So he was assassinated by a terrorist group. And mm. then it was, and then the following one was much more conservative and like backtracked on all of these reforms. And wow. so it was like, and then like they remained an absolute monarchy up until the 1917 revolution. Right. And so it's wild because they could have become like this. And so I think that they could have become this constitutional monarchy in the 1800s. Um, so I think it's, I think it's just that history, like that strange history of like that mm. flip-flopping between those leader, those types of leaders. Um, and you even saw that in the Soviet Union. Right. Well, it's funny to think too, it's just such a specific type of like country history that you yeah. studied and love. But I also wonder if there are other, I'm sure there are other countries where people are like, I love American history and I'm going to study that. Yeah. Like it's, I'm, and that's not like, that's just, you know, what they find interesting. Um, yeah. 
So I think it, it is, there's a, there's a certain aspect I'm sure of like getting outside of yourself and like learning about a, a country that's different than you and like how they, how they ran it. But also I wonder too, I mean, for me, I don't think we really, for our friendship or knowing you, we didn't really talk about politics really until we were in college. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe and that's kind of like uh I, I mean maybe I'm over generalizing but like I feel like that's pretty normal to a certain extent of like yeah. kids especially because you can't vote until you're 18 so like <laughs> you don't really in this country at least so you don't really um you aren't aware of what you know politics is going on but I wonder too if like growing up were you fascinated with just politics in general too growing up or um or just russian politics <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> that that is like it is funny because i i joke with people like one of the guys that i work with was a history major and like loves american history and like i mean he's he loves a lot of other like nation's history but he knows american history really well and i joke with him that i can like I can tell you way more about 20th century russia than i can about <laughs> right. 20th century america <laughs> um, which is just funny I think I think it's like I like politics in that history is just the politics of the past in so many ways and politics mm. is just the history of the present and so I think that like I like it in that it's on like current events is just history it's just the history as it's unfolding right now yeah and so oh that's that so I, kind of scary <laughs> right so, and like geez like the past the past year 2020 yeah just imagine like this is going to be they're going to be exam questions about donald trump and covid and george floyd like mm. these are these are major markers of american history that are literally happening right now and yeah. we're like having to figure out how do we how do we interact with this how do we direct this you know that is crazy um, wow that is so weird yeah yeah and so i think i think that that was where i i think for me when i decided to study foreign affairs so much of it was just I love history and it felt like a more practical history degree. I think it's just really ironic because then the practical side of it is the side that I don't want to use. I don't want to work in the government. Like I probably don't want to go to Russia. Yeah. And so it's kind of <laughs> ironic because like in hindsight, I'm like, I should have just studied history. Like, I it's not like I'm using that anyway. So. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition into what I was going to talk to you about is we'll talk about too. Well, I should say too that like you were involved with the campus ministry that you're uh, that you work for currently. You are a part of it yeah. all four years of your your schooling um in yeah. college and but talk about like what you do and then I want to ask you another question. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So as I talked about, never probably using my Russian degree. There's other reasons for that. But, um, <laughs> I think I, so right now and for the past like year and a half, so I graduated um, college in 2018 and then I spent a year um, in North Africa um, and then decided to come oh, back yes, to yes. work. <laughs> True. I know the, the gap year, the missing year. <laughs> um but, and then, and so I and started working for Kyle Christian Fellowship, um, which mm. is funny that you joke about it being, sounding like a Christian frat. 
because everybody thinks it is, even though it's yes. not, I promise. It's a Christian <laughs> fellowship. It is not a Christian frat. Um, <laughs> fellowship frat. I mean, kind of the same. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys so yeah. just, like, take shots of grape juice all the time. like. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. So, there is a story about me taking a shot of fish sauce, which I mm. that vomited. It was, it was no fun. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Fish sauce is great in t- pad thai. Not in a shot glass. That sounds like a real college story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the one uh, with you doing what you're doing, the one question Mm -hmm. I want to ask is, like, how do you find yourself um, – or do you find yourself, like, using your – like, the degree that you got or, like – in way maybe in ways that you didn't even realize like do you find yourself like oh yeah i am even though it's completely different i mean you're working yeah. with college students every day you're you're very like you said in, doing interpersonal things but um yeah do you find your are you surprised that oh maybe i can't like oh yeah i can i am using the degree in some mm-hmm. form or fashion yeah well i guess just to give like a brief like synopsis of what I do. Yeah. So I, like I, it's a discipleship based ministry. And so Mm -hmm. that basically means that we meet um, one-on-one with people and like disciple them kind of through life and through um, different like aspects of faith and things like that. Mm. Um, And so that's like the bulk of my, and then, and then we kind of help facilitate small groups for them, uh, small group Bible studies and things like that. Yeah. And then also run a like, a large group meeting that's similar to a church service. Um, And so those are kind of each of the elements and there's like different things involved with that. But I do think to, I guess to answer like the the question of whether I use my degree, (laughs) I, it's like funny because I, I tell people that I think like a foreign affairs degree and then also what I studied with like East European and Russian studies, I think what it did teach me was how to read and write really well. Mm. And then how to think. I think your undergrad degree is way more about learning how to think than it is generally about learning a very specific skill set. Yeah. I think your, your first couple jobs are probably where you learn more of your skill sets. Yeah. And, and so I think that for me, like I really, even if I never were to use it explicitly, I would never Mm. regret it because I, I think the way that I think is like immensely shaped by it. Um, And so I think that that, that is something just learn like knowing how to, like read well is also something mm. that I feel like I really took out of it. And then how, then how to like express those thoughts that I have form thought, read form thoughts and express those thoughts. And so I feel like I use that a lot, but, mm. and then I think I, I do appreciate that. I think having like, a because foreign affairs is pretty much just politics with a different name. Um, <laughs> I think it like did teach me also how to understand aspects of, like what goes on in like the, po- the political realm, which I think is really useful and valuable. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that that, in, like, I think it informs things, you know? Yeah. I'm sure too, there's an aspect of which this kind of goes along with you going to public high school and all of that too, of like just learning how to have discussions with people that think differently than you. <laughs> yeah. I, I in politics yeah. classes, I'm sure you had to, I mean, everyone's have probably has a different opinion about, everything (laughs) and that's just college and to a certain aspect too but yeah I think I well and I think I loved I love that about UVA too Mm. um just like 
being able to interact with a lot of different people who love to just think and talk. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. I think it's just, it's like a cool thing when you enter an environment and people will sit down and have a two hour long academic conversation for fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's like annoying and it's like, okay, you nerds. <laughs> um, but then half the time I find myself being the nerd, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 <laughs> talking about Russian history. <laughs> Exactly. Like literally talking about Russian history for fun. Like what am I? Um, Well, the reason why I ask you that particular question of like, you know, relating it to your degree, I don't think, I think it's important for people to understand like you can study something and like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't use it at all. Like it can be, I mean, there is of course a certain aspect of like having that privilege to go to college, like being privileged to go to college and like spent, you know, I mean, we're all in debt forever for anything, but (laughs) with, you know, student loans forever, hopefully not. But, but there is that aspect of like, yeah, going to college and being able to study what you want to study and then maybe not using it. But I mean, I don't think, I think there's also an aspect of like, people shouldn't necessarily feel discouraged of like, if you don't use your degree, like, it's okay. Like you can do other things and um, all of that, which I'm sure there was an aspect for you of like, Oh, I'm not, I mean, probably about third year of your school. I think you and I, like we kind of all knew like you were going to do something with missions or, or, you know, do a, you know, work at your fellowship or something like that, you know, work in the ministry is, is what, you know, if you're not a Christian, that's what people say. It's kind of the term for it. So, um, yeah, I think um, there's an aspect of, I, I wonder too if you had that of like, oh, I'm spending all this money and I'm getting this degree, yeah. but like, am I, I'm probably not going to use it. <laughs> like, yeah. which, but it's all, it's not all for nothing, like you said. So, yeah, I think, I think I've felt that. I think it's funny because I also think I started realizing around the end of my, my, junior year like my third year mm-hmm. uva uses different terminology <laughs> well that's why i said third year because i knew you would <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i like noticed that in my mind i'm like oh he knows he knows. Um, junior year he knows how pretentious we are over here <laughs> yes but, um he yeah we so like i think around the end of my my junior year i started realizing that i at least didn't want to use my russian degree <laughs> um, I think I just like I think I and I like had some peace about that but it was also like why like what am I doing like mm. and and I think that I I kind of came to peace about it because I realized that it was like no this is teaching me how to think and then meeting a lot of people that like were doing something really awesome and meaningful and yeah. had a college degree and didn't at all regret it and felt like it was still like really helpful and I, I think that that's exactly how I feel and then I think the other thing is I think college in so many ways is about making connections both Mm. interpersonal connections and even professional connections Mm. um and so i think that it it opens up a lot of worlds that it's like it's not the piece of paper that is actually going to get jobs in the future even though sometimes you need the piece of paper to get a job in the future but like it's actually a lot of the relationships that you're building and then some some of the like means of thinking that you're building Mm. um and so i think those are the things that i realized is like I think the connections I had made in Chi Alpha were like incredible interpersonal connections that I was really thankful for that I feel like I'll carry through my life. And like the lessons I, I learned about like growing as a person in that was really important. 
but then also even some of the like the means that it, I felt like if like if I wanted to pursue a career there were so many people that I could go to in various different careers that there would mm. be a connection to and there would be some backing to and then like having that degree I felt like would be helpful in that um so yeah I think I'm like I'm very much know so many people that like like I think if you if, like if you get a grad degree in a program that you're not going to study that's like a different story because yeah 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 it's like way more about like <laughs> no, grad school is where you actually go to learn like the skill set of a profession mm. but like I think that undergrad is all about teaching you how to think and getting you the connections to get you into the next phase of life. <laughs> that's some. That's a hot take, John Barry. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're take. gonna be that quote. Favorite. That quote's gonna be in headlines. No, I'm just kidding. Oh no. <laughs> John Again, Barry thinks that. Just being here forever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> Um, well, I wonder too, um, with doing what you're doing, if there's an, uh, I, you know, in preparing for this interview, I, I sometimes prepare and sometimes I don't, but, um, <laughs> listeners know, um, but I was thinking about like for, you know, up when, during your third year, <laughs> your, your junior year, you, you know, you, you would, you, we talked a lot and you, you know, you just knowing you like what you were doing and stuff you really comp you definitely contemplated like living overseas doing yeah. missions um in other country but i wonder yeah. now that you've kind of in a way of course done that domestically yeah like what to you is kind of the difference of like you you also lived in a year in another country like you said yeah. so what is kind of the difference and but also like I think especially with us growing up in the church and like knowing kind of all of this of missions is like very much like a, a other country, like going out to other countries type of thing. Um, and I think that's wonderful and great, but there's a certain aspect of like, um, you know, you can do that here too. Like people in the States also need Jesus just as much as, <laughs> um, so I wonder too, like now that you've done, Chi Alpha for you know as long as you have like is there an aspect of learning that like oh yeah this is just as much a mission field too as like I can be anywhere else mm -hmm. I don't know if those questions make sense but talk about what you want with that <laughs> yeah I think um yeah I mean like you said like everybody needs Jesus you know yeah yeah, yeah. um and so like I think there's like a point to where I like I think to be a Christian in so many ways is to live a life that like like if this is truly important to us then it's something that like I think should be shared um, yeah and I and I think that's something that I hope for every person who follows Jesus because like if you follow Jesus and he's and it's not good enough to like to want to share with people then it's probably not a very good thing you know yeah like yeah I, like I talk about I talk about how much I love coffee to people and like I evangelize coffee, mm. you know, I evangelize the music that I enjoy. And so it's right. like, I think like th things that are worth enjoying and worth engaging in, um, are worth like sharing. And so I mm. think, I think that that is like a huge thing in just like the Christian life in general, um, is like, if this is worth engaging in, then it's probably worth sharing. And, um, I think, I think that said, I think there are like, I think there are places that are harder to go 
Mm. Um, and so there's like less people that are able to. Um, right. And then I think there are places that are just like have less access to who Jesus is. Mm. Um, and so I think for me, I think about that in terms of like, I like, I feel like right now I'm, it's ironic because my title like over the past year when I was doing like an internship with Chi Alpha was campus missionary in training. Um, was the, <laughs> and so it's like a missionary was in the title. And yet, honestly, I felt a lot more like a campus minister. Um, right. Um, and I think that that's like an okay thing. Cause I think in my mind, I, I sometimes I'm like, if everything is missions, then maybe nothing is, nothing is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in some ways, I think that for me, I, like I still would define like missions as probably going into environments that are foreign to yourself in order to share about Jesus. Mm. Um, whereas like ministry is something that we all engage in as Christians. It's, it's, that's like the, it's the outflow of, of our relationship with Jesus where like it's then changing the communities we're part of, whether that is, right. um, whether that is sharing Jesus with them specifically, or whether that is like, um, like a counselor who walks into a session who also is a follower of Jesus. They're, even if they never mentioned Jesus, they're still bringing like the life that they know yeah. of Jesus into that relationship. I'm um, a teacher. And so I think like everybody has a ministry in some ways, but maybe mm. it's not all missions. Um, and that being said, like, I think in my mind, I'm like, the, I think the college campus is maybe one of the, like one of the most strategic places you can be just because yeah. people who are like being shaped right. And in, in that moment, and they're being able mm. to, to see what it looks like to, to live a life and they're kind of establishing their path. And so what a great thing to say, John Bay, because I was about to say, <laughs> what is it about the college age that like can be so vital or, you know, like yeah, yeah. can be, yeah, because um, you're learning so much, you're taking so much in that it can, yeah. it can, it can be overwhelming. But what is it yeah. about, I, I think more importantly like what is it about this age that you love and that you love working with um and that you've seen like what have you seen that like is so encouraging too like about yeah. being with this group I, of people i i love it i think i think college is just such a unique time and i think just that like young adulthood is such a unique time mm -hmm. where i feel like something that i've been thinking about a lot over the past couple of years is i've like is that it's the time of unlearning all the unhealthy things you picked up as a child to kind of cope <laughs> with being a child and like yep. not knowing how to cope with the world. And you're like, your late teens and early twenties is when you're learning what it means to let go of those things and actually mm -hmm. pick up something that is like helpful and useful in coping. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Um, well, it, and sometimes it's just taking those things and like twisting them into a different way yeah. that works for you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. there's, there's, yeah, it's like it's not that those like coping mechanisms were bad. Yeah, because in some ways they like helped you survive. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. coping mechanisms nonetheless, you know, and mm -hmm. not always healthy mm -hmm. ones. And so, how do you like yeah. reframing those so that you can actually be like a healthier adult? Like, oh, geez, this this got me. There's a <laughs> somebody I remember somebody saying once that like the things that help you survive in your 20s will keep you from thriving in your 30s and 40s. Oh, <laughs> that's. Hit like that. I don't that's like right. I almost don't want to think about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know, but that's because we're in our 20s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, 
you're i'm sure i don't know if we'll feel this way but when we're in our 30s we'll probably be like you know we'll try and and hopefully by our 30s we'll try and have mastered some of those but we'll probably still keep learning (laughs) oh yeah yeah and i think like i think it's more to say that like i think there's thing there's that transition of from childhood mm -hmm. into adulthood and i think you you have to get to a point where you realize that like the ways that you cope won't work for forever and yep. the earlier you you probably won't start doing that until you're at least an adult and in early adulthood like you can either choose to ignore that or like actually start to shift some of those things yeah and so i think that's what i love about college students is they're in this time where they're learning they're like so open to learning and i think that it is a much more open environment in so many ways than some other parts of life where people are really interested in like actually genuinely experiencing other people's perspectives. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, I think it's like such a critical time because it's so shaping for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, elementary and middle school and high school are so can shape your adult life, but also transitioning to adult life is such a, mm. is like, yeah, like you said, you're taking all those things you learned and some of them you're having to completely throw them out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like terrifying, but also um, it's comforting to know that other people are doing that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, well, I think um, the ministry that you're with too um, – does really try to seek out student like all types of students and as far as what i know like it really tries to be you know be intentional with people and um and all of that but um talk about too i believe if i'm not mistaken like there are things like chi alpha in all over the country yeah um but talk about like if people were interested in doing something like what you're doing, what would you suggest? Would you suggest maybe them even just like studying something that they studying something specific or do or would it just be like finding that group at your school or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, like the best thing is probably to find the group at your school. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Um, Like if you're, if you are in college, I think that that is an awesome opportunity. I think it, it provides like a really cool community, but also, like you said, I think it provides that kind of faith space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one of the things that I love is that there's a lot of people that come into it that are not, like don't come from a Christian background. Mm. Um, and I think it, it gives a really awesome avenue to think about God um, and do that in a, a like a cool community. Um, mm. And so I, I think that's something that I really, I really do love. And so I think that that's the thing is like, if you have a group at your school, like try to try to find it um generally mm. they might be trying to find you too <laughs> um, <laughs> if they're doing like, it right i guess <laughs> yeah if they're doing it right like it's generally like they're probably like if you have like an activities fair they're probably going to be there that that mm. kind of stuff um but like groups like Chi alpha christian fellowship is the one that i work for or intervarsity um christian fellowship mm. crew um right. ruf reformed university fellowship is ruf like those are all awesome organizations that I think can provide kind of that space and that framework. Um, Mm. Obviously I'm biased towards Chi Alpha because I've been (laughs) part of it for several years. Yeah. (laughs) I want to ask you, I don't know if I'm sure during this time of COVID you've thought about 
this and obviously as a working adult and we sometimes we constantly in even in jobs that we don't necessarily see ourselves working forever but have you thought about like where you want to be five or ten years from now like what that looks like or what the future holds yeah I think I'm I think that's something I'm really processing right now because I'm only like I guess like contracted to work up through May of this year right um, and then I think if I were to stay, I would choose a, like a, a longer period of time, like probably three to five years. Um, I think I, for me, I like, I love doing ministry and I think I could see myself doing it long-term. Um, mm-hmm. I think I also am just contemplating, like, I also like loved the year that I spent in North Africa and like, right. just love like Arab culture and mm-hmm. things like that. And so I think I'd very much considered like trying to do something over there and like, whether it would be like, working in in like some kind of teaching fields over there like starting a coffee shop or just something like that um i think i could i like think i would really heavily consider moving abroad um Mm. and i think that's honestly like like if i if i had to if i had to take a guess i think there'd probably be at least like a 60 or higher percent chance that i could end up abroad <laughs> in yeah. the next 10 years um i think i told and knowing you my that's mom, not a surprise <laughs> yeah and like i think in my mind i told myself like if i don't do it before 30 it probably won't happen <laughs> but like i think i would want to do it around 30. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah like i said your 20s are a time for growing <laughs> yeah 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 uh what is cool about that is that you're content of course with where you are but it's um it is good to you know try and figure out where you want to be and see what you're doing and all of that and um and also i think it's good for people to hear that yeah even if you don't i mean but you love what you're doing but even if you see yourself you know doing something else in the future like you can still you can process and still learn from what you're doing now even if it's not ultimately what you see yourself doing in five years from now (laughs) yeah whatever (laughs) yeah i don't know know. i i think that's i think that's so real and i think that that's Mm. been honestly a lot of like one of the things that i've loved about being back here is like also having some of the people that like poured so much and invested so much in me Mm. um in college and like uh, like the the um the guy who started kaffa at uva um is still the director there and like i like has like been really really invested in me a whole lot and i think i think it has just been a really awesome thing to be able to like be like in a space where i feel like i'm in a healthy work environment where i'm doing something Mm. that i love but then also just being invested in still um and i think that that's that's really what i've like taken it out is right now i think this is a season of learning and growing and and seeing what it means to be a healthy person and then how that what implications being like because if you're not a healthy person you're not going to have a healthy ministry like if you're not a healthy person and so like i think just learning what it means to be somebody that's investing in other people but then also learning what it means how do you like for that like i mean that's such an important thing and i'm I'm sure something that some days you resist like oh i don't know if this is like um is this where i'm supposed to be or is this what i'm supposed to be doing but how do you kind of combat that almost and say 
Um, no, I am. Le- this is all a learning experience. Like you said, your yeah. 20s is just a learning experience. Because sometimes when you're going through it, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, uh, how yeah. do you kind of, yeah, kind of I, I cope is not the right word. Cope but like that. that's a, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it is. I, maybe it is. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's some coping that's had to happen this year. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, I think, I think I the way that I've processed that, I don't know. I think that in our culture we value youth so much mm-hmm. that we like. I, somebody was talking about this the other day. I forget who it was. It was probably in like a podcast I was listening to where they were talking about how like America as a society and it's pretty unique as a society in that it, mm. it's always like this person was the youngest person to achieve this. This yeah. person was the youngest person to achieve this. And like in our mind, the quicker you achieve something and the younger you are, the more valuable it is almost. Mm. And I think, I think that's something that I just like stuck with me is that, but then it's like, honestly, the people that make most, most of the lasting impact in the world probably didn't do it when they were super young. Like, yeah, there was uh, like a period of, and somebody else shared this with me of like the idea of your quiet years, how you look Mm. at so many people who have done really amazing and important things. And they've had long periods of their time, like time in their life where they were almost like, it was almost like dormant. And like, Mm. you think about Jesus was like 30 years old when he started his public ministry that lasted three years, like one of the most like yeah. Im- impactful people to ever walk this earth, like right. literally did like, you don't, you know, almost nothing about the first 30 years of his life. And he was only doing stuff for thir- three years and yet it like changed the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think so many people, you look at that and like, I mean, or you like, you think about other examples of like Bill Gates, like sitting in his like, garage probably for a while like probably making no money you know like just working on this thing in no way are we comparing bill gates to jesus but but yes i mean great but i mean but then there's those like you said like there's there's people in america like mark zuckerberg i mean he was what 19 mm-hmm. or 20 when he created facebook yeah. like yeah that can be intimidating but also seeing like I think there is maybe it's maybe I'm just thinking about this, but with our generation to millennials, I mean, we're millennials that yeah. it, older people older than us were just like, no, we want to do it ourselves. Like we don't want to learn. Like we don't, we don't want to yeah. wait and learn about, um, about like, we don't want to wait to um, just kind of go through the motions and figure it out. We want to get to it now. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. I, I That's kind of the general vibe that I get from millennials. Yeah. And um, with, yeah, there's such wisdom in like, yeah, this is just the season that I just kind of learn in and, and kind of grow in and self-reflect, like we said. And um, yeah, I, I don't know everything, <laughs> you know, like all yeah. of that. Like it's so, and it, it's not that it, it's not, um, that it's not difficult, but it's still, um, yeah, something you can kind of, um, I hope that people can hear that, yeah, it is okay to like have those moments of like, oh man, this kind of, I wish I was making a 
a bigger impact or, or whatever it is. But I, I think, um, on a day to day, like you're, you're still learning and you're still growing, you know, if you're our age, yeah. like you're still, um, and, and I, and I think if you're doing it right, you're constantly learning. I mean, when I'm 80, I'm probably going to still be learning something. So <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> My wife will be teaching me something. <laughs> that's, that's I'll be like, no, you're not doing that right. <laughs> Here, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think there's like a i think that's a there's a healthy level of stillness that we all need mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. yeah and like we said even at the very beginning that's what this year kind of has um yeah. forced us all to do is yeah say say is is kind of be in that mindset of that of that yeah mm-hmm. well uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, and there's just a certain as- like we're 24, so like we're so there's a certain aspect of like we're so young, <laughs> and like I mean, literally, and we kind of speak about these things, but like in 10 years, we may look back on this and be like, "What were we talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> probably, honestly, probably. Yeah, which is um, I think wonderful in a certain aspect, and I and and. Uh, I, I don't hope that it happens, but I think um, it would be funny if it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, of course, every uh, listener knows that I do ask every guest two questions at the end of the show. Um, the same questions at the end of the show. Be, the first one being, if I was able to hand you a blank check and say, use this towards your passion, John Barry, John Michael Barry, um, <laughs> how would you use that? I I love that question. Um, (laughs) I think, I think my ideal and dream would be to to start a coffee shop and um, creative space. Like, Mm. so the idea being, I, cause I think I've got this year, I feel like I've gotten a lot more into, I've always loved music, but I think I've gotten a lot more into it and started Mm -hmm. to like do recording and things like that. And I think, just the idea of a place where people could come and like I could have some mighty, mighty fine coffee um, <laughs> that people could come in and buy and things, but then also having that kind of creator space where you could have maybe like a little recording studio or just space for concerts and things like that. I think that would mm-hmm. be my dream. Um, but I think it'd only be my dream if I had it handed to me on a silver platter, <laughs> like a blank check. Yeah. <laughs> It might be a gold platter, just so you know, but, um, no. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't give that to you now, but, um, maybe one day, maybe one day. (laughs) That's really cool. Um, I love hearing everybody's different answers. So I love that. And coffee, I mean, listen, coffee, like you said, it brings people together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. Even if you don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and of course the second question being, uh, what is something that you're loving right now? Um, if you want to go first, you can answer that or I also answer this one. So that's a great question. I, (laughs) you can go first. Okay. (laughs) I did think about these before I started. So, (laughs) um, 
So minus two things that I've consumed of entertainment because what else have we been doing the past nine months? Um, <laughs> well, the first one is I talked about this on the show last week uh, or two weeks ago, excuse me, with Alana Smith, which everyone should go back and listen because she was a great interview in my opinion. And um, there's a great YouTube show called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Highly recommend going and looking it up if you haven't. But anyway, that the guy who started that, his name is Emmanuel Acho. This is actually, I'm referencing two things, kind of. He does that show, but he was on the podcast, um, Armchair Expert with Zach Shepard, which I have referenced on the show many, many times because I listen to it all the time and it's great. But specifically, Emmanuel Acho's episode of Armchair Expert is so good, and everyone should go listen to it. Um, I mean, you'll learn just so many things. It's all about his life, but it's also all about why he started Uncomfortable Conversations, and um, now it's a book. His book just came out um, like a month ago. So um, it's just amazing, and it's just wonderful to see someone that's so... um, full of a lot of truth but also just presents it in a way that is so accessible to people and it's not um kind of beating down um kind of beating you down on the head it's like here let's have an open conversation which i love um so everyone go check that out and the second thing is completely different (laughs) is this great disney movie (laughs) um uh called godmothered on disney plus highly recommend um if you do have disney plus it's it's on there for free and it's all about this fairy this fairy godmother that comes to the modern world it's kind of like enchanted and um basically is trying to like save this little girl that wrote to the like the last fairy god wanted like a fairy godmother when she was little and now she's an adult and she has to like try and help her anyway it's so good and it's just a lot of fun and um it's just light and um something that i think i mean it's such a cliche but like something that we all need to like see because it's just fun and it's also a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas. Because as we all know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas. Any movie set at Christmas is a Christmas movie, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend. Oh, go do it. <laughs> so, yes, I would really urge you, like I said, Emmanuel Acho episode of Armchair Expert and Godmother on Disney Plus. Go check those out. Just fun, light, fair, and things you can learn from and things you can. All of that. So, yeah, those are the things I'm loving right now. <laughs> yeah. What about um, you, John I Barry? Think, I think I am. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm really loving right now is also a podcast, and it's called Mere Sanity. Um, it's on Spotify, and I'm I'm guessing it's also I listen to it on Spotify, but I'm sure it's on, also on Apple Podcasts. It's actually just by one of my um, like friends. Uh, mentors um but it's called mere sanity um and it's it's this guy it's by ross bird but i love it it's i don't know he's like a big c.s lewis fan so i love c.s okay. lewis like dearly and yeah so, well he's like second that, to jesus in the christian community isn't he <laughs> oh yeah i know i always thought he was so overrated and then yeah. I started reading him and I'm like, Oh, this is why he's overrated. Like he's really good. <laughs> um, but, uh, this, this podcast, I love it because it's, it's basically like he talks the most 
couple most recent episodes were talking about deconstruction, which is something that's happening a lot, I think, mm. in the churches and just, I guess, people are kind of trying to unpack things. But I think he approaches it in a really helpful way. And then the other one, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, I think it's meant to be a little bit of a hot take title um, that's mm. kind of funny, but it's called Make Christianity Confusing Again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it just talks a lot about kind of that duality of, of what we know and what we don't know and how to kind of live in some of that in between sometimes. Uh, mm. And so I've, I think that's been something that I've been really loving. I also cool. have been, I mean, I love Christmas music. Yeah. And I've been listening to Christmas music since right, right before Thanksgiving. So nobody judge me. <laughs> um, but oh, I've been, I listened to it a little bit before that. So. Yeah, let's okay. Let's go. We're in, we're in company. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Johnny Swim has a great, two great Christmas mm, albums now, mm-hmm. actually. And so does Josh Garrels. So a couple of my favorite artists. Yes, we love. I love Johnny Swim so much. And I mentioned it on last week's episode, but Ben Rector also has a great Christmas album. If you haven't listened to it, um, I actually haven't. It's great. I don't know if you know Ben Rector, but it's it's really I really good. Know. Yeah. Well, that's great. I love that. I love <laughs> hearing what people are loving. So many different things. Um, Christmas music is the best. Well, we have come to the end, John Barry. I can't believe it. We have. Ugh, it's been so great. Thanks for having we, me. Yeah. I, I'm so uh, thankful that I got to do this. I, again, I, I, I've said this multiple times with guests, but like I made, you know, when I first started this, I made a list of people I wanted to have on the show. And obviously you were on the list because you're like my best and oldest friend. So yeah. you were in my wedding, for goodness sakes. I mean, <laughs> what a wild time that was. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm just happy that we were able to do this. I mean, technology a bit. We got it done. <laughs> and, um, yeah, thank you for being. I hope that the next time we get to see each other is in person. Me too. Hopefully yeah. soon. Hopefully the world starts to turn around. <laughs> right, right. Well. Um, I don't believe you have Instagram, but I guess if people want to go um, find you on Facebook, they can just find you at John Barry. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's Barry Wayne. Um, <laughs> yes, right. And uh, yeah, not B E. Don't 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 uh, don't you know spell it wrong. <laughs> True. <laughs> and of course, if you are in the Charlottesville area. Go have coffee with John. He'll he'll take you out to I coffee. I would love it. Yeah, I'll take you to a good coffee place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll uh, he'll give you all the different types of coffee he has every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much again, and um, everyone, go follow us on passionproject.pod come on what are you guys doing if you don't follow us now and um share this episode if you if you loved it if you even if you don't love it come on go share this episode you know people need to hear john's soothing voice and um yeah next week you guys is our last episode of the year so i'm excited for you guys to hear that and uh yeah thank you again i love you (laughs) (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) All right, guys. We will see you next time.